0: things are so weird right now. Things are so out of control right now. Things are different. I'm not in my home right now. I'm trying to record this podcast in my mom's garage because I'm a grown man and I live at my mom's again. I'm sitting at an old desk in an old garage surrounded with spiders, big, ugly spiders, and I'm scared. And I'm next to a garbage can. And I'm also next to a few broken down tricycles that my mom has accumulated in front of neighbors' homes who have free signs. Take the junk. And my mom takes the junk because she's a good grandma. And she knows that junk is fun for a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And I live at my mom's with my kids and my wife because we've been displaced. Because we've been displaced. So I'll use the word temporary, but this is definitely a man and a microphone in his mom's garage. Oh, things are completely nuts. I don't even know if this episode is going to be four minutes or four hours, but it's going to be extraordinary because I'm uncomfortable. I'm physically uncomfortable and I'm emotionally uncomfortable, which might be a good time to record and it might not be. And maybe I should just stop and go to sleep in my old twin bed and hear the sounds of paws on the roof. Is that a raccoon? Is that a possum? What is that? Is that a fox? Saw a fox a couple of weeks ago in my yard. It was kind of scary and kind of cool. It was majestic, but you wonder, wait, do they bite? And then you Google, oh, they're cool. Okay, they're fine. They don't bite. So we have foxes, but we have a lot of other stuff in the suburbs, in the scary suburbs. The suburbs look good until you go into a dark garage to do a podcast and try to pour your heart out because life got a little stressful. Life got a little tough lately. Do you know what a water meter is? Do you? i didn't i didn't really know what a water meter was well you want your water meter to be still you don't want your water meter to be moving when all the faucets are off when no one's showering and no one's doing laundry you don't want the water meter moving but our water meter was moving slowly is that a spider holy shit Okay, that's spider number one. I'm not going to pause. I'm just going to dodge. I'm not going to pause the podcast. I'm just going to dodge. But our water meter was slowly going around and around. And we had plumbers come out and say, is that tub leaking? And they said, we'll fix the leak in the tub. And I guess they thought they fixed the leak in the tub. But the water meter kept going and going and going. So we had a water detection company come out with their machinery that can sense moisture. And they go all around to every corner of your house they found it they found it under the slab they found a leak so we had a hot water pipe that was cracked i'm gonna get the terminology wrong my wife knows exactly what happened i still barely know what happened but a hot water pipe that just runs right under the house who's designing this at a weird angle that's what we were told well the pipe was designed at a weird angle in the 1950s why not do a normal angle all right let's not get too cute architects of the 1950s so a weird angle it cracked it was 18 inches under the concrete slab just spewing water all over the place and we're just living that way we're just living that way and eventually we tell this water detection company sure we'll get it fixed and i think a month went by and we're like yeah i guess we'll get it fixed right Oh, well, it's kind of pricey but we should get that fixed right and life sometimes just gets so busy that you overlook the essentials this was an essential repair this wasn't maybe we'll get to it, but for some reason, I've been in the clouds. It's just too many things going on. Everyone's getting sick always. There's just too much to focus on. There's no self-care lately. There's just too much to focus on beyond yourself. And then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, What about What about getting that leak fixed? And we knew where it was. So they put a little blue tape. Hey, if you're ever going to fix that leak, it's right here. And finally, we set a date. And they reminded us, you know, you got to get the laminate flooring up first we're like you don't do that no so my wife and i start taking the laminate flooring up she gets a flathead we buy a flat hammer and she's giving me the planks one by one just tearing up our laminate flooring because we're getting the leak fixed the next day hey look at us couple of bob velas with our tools pulling up our laminate flooring you feel like vigilantes in your own home just tearing up your own home you feel weird man you feel like should we be doing i know we were told to do this but we're ripping up our floors and we're ripping up our floors and we're labeling them one goes over there two goes over there i was on like 27 and then we're wondering wait do we really think that this is just the area of moisture and then we pull up the pad and then we pull up what seemed to be like a black sheet covering the concrete and as we pull it up we notice oh it's all wet and oh it smells and that's not a good smell it smells like mold that smells like mildew that smells like dank musty moisture and holy shit it's all over and we kept going and we took out all the laminate flooring and one night we were sweating that's a spider definitely i'm scared Uh, fuck this oh i think you know why i'm in my mom's garage we had mold all over our floors and we tore up all of our floors. And then the next day, a guy from North Bay Environment Mold Detection comes out. His name's Bo, and he's a savior, and Bo told us, you can't live here anymore. You shouldn't inhale that. You're a family of four. You're an unhealthy family of four where everybody's been sick every month for about a year. Yeah, you're living in mold. Go somewhere else. And they said you could go to the embassy suites, but I was like, I'm not going to live in a hotel. Called my mom. She said, sure, come. So we packed everything. We packed clothes. We packed towels, toiletries, bedding. We packed some stuffies, some books, some electronics, and really just got in the car and drove six minutes and showed up. Here I am, 41 years old, living at my mom's again with my kids And at least we're together. You don't really feel like a refugee. You don't want to try to classify this as like a true crisis. It'll pass. It's temporary. Home insurance is going to cover a lot of this. But you go, oh, so we were inhaling all that mold. Perhaps we were inhaling mold. And that's why I've been sick. I end all of my investigations with, huh, and that's why I've been sick so much. I don't really know. I think that might be a reason, but I don't really know. So right now my house looks like downtown beirut that's a sebastian maniscalco reference basically torn up and they're remediating i didn't know that word until a week ago remediating means take the mold out take the spores out clean it all to the slab and now we're gonna have to get new floors it takes a while so living with my mom i don't know a month a month and a half two months not exactly sure but remediators and then contractors And then luxury vinyl plank installers. And then maybe new drywall. And then new drywall, new walls, new paint the walls, new lumber, new studs, new paints, new smells, new friends, new chances, new horizons, new mindsets, new levels of stress where the cortisol just consumes you to the point where you're like, can I even take another step today? I know home ownership stress is the privileged kind of stress. You don't want to harp on it too much. Like, whoa, is me. I know there's real suffering in the world, but right now is not a comfortable phase of life. How much can you focus on? How many calls and texts and emails with people talking about mold, with people talking about home insurance, with people talking about inspections, with people talking about laminate, with people talking about tile? With people talking about, yeah, get tested, get a blood test to see how much mold you got in your system, moldy, moldy Rosenberg. And then you just succumb to it. Like anyone who's ever dealt with like the crescendo, the apex of stress, at some point you just fall back. Hopefully it's soft you're landing. Hopefully it's you fall back into some pillows and you go, All right, I can't do anything else. I can't. I can't control this. I'm powerless. I have to just accept acceptance into the Buddhism of acceptance, the power of now, the Eckhart Tolle book that I'm reading. Is it Eckhart Tolle or Tolle? I don't know. But I'm reading it at the right time because it means you just got to be. Sometimes you just got to be. Don't resist the moment, even if the moment sucks. By the way, the moment fucking sucks. But you just got to be in it. And then, oddly, the moment gets better just by saying, I'll be in it. I'm not going to keep fast forwarding, no mental fast forwarding of this. Do I need to get on some meds? Probably, but I'm not on meds. So you're feeling it deeply. You're feeling it deeply and there's not enough time to go on a run. There's not enough time to meditate. You just got to take the kids to school, go to your job, get the kids back from school, get all the meals and all the humans that need the meals for fuel and make sure you do it again and again and again and look on a calendar and say, oh, it's that person's birthday. Okay. It's graduation. Oh, it's that person's birthday. Oh, you got to text that person back because life still goes on who cares if you're in a crisis, you can't just disregard the necessities of life. So you got to do both. And then you go to sleep and you're wondering, wait, what day is it? What mother, what is life? Is life a lot of suffering? Oh, back to Buddhism. Yeah. Life is a good amount of suffering and some of it is inevitable, but you're not supposed to anticipate it because when you're not suffering, you just got to be in that moment too. you be in the joy you be in the suffering you just gotta be thanks Eckhart thanks thanks I might disagree with the entire book but I'm reading it at the right time in life and you don't want to bring that irritable energy around your family you don't want I have been bringing a little bit but you don't want to bring it at all times you got to still smile you got to still try to schedule a laugh once a month we schedule in a laugh session and you got to still take showers. You can't just grow the gray beard. Neighbors are going to start talking. Did you hear about Moldy Rosenberg with his gray beard? He doesn't look right. Yeah, when that family moved in, they looked good. But now, have you seen the dad who's being surrounded by spiders in his mom's garage because he's doing a podcast? I'm scared. I'm not even kidding right now. The garage is getting darker. I'm trying to do this at night while everyone's sleeping. And there's something at my foot. I It's probably leaves being blown in from that little gap between sliding garage door and the driveway. Oh, there better not be a lizard. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not. I'm not. It's almost summer, so I'm being very intentional about mental health. I'm going to have enough time to go hiking. Who's hiking? No one's hiking. I'll be back in my house one day. I will. I will. And I'll look back at this and say... Well, I really grew a lot. I really got stronger from those challenges, but right now you're just in the thick of the storm. It's tough to have that wisdom when you're in the thick of the storm. Most people like to talk about the storm in retrospect, but right now I said, hey, this episode, what is it? 213, 214, 215? I don't know, but whatever this episode is, this is in the storm, in the eye of the storm. Will there be some other topics? Yeah. I should. I should advance the topic. You've heard enough. All right, I've been living in mold. I got out of the mold. I live at my mom's. I do podcasts in my mom's garage, which sounds like a cliche for the loser. Did you hear about the loser? He's 41. He's back at his mom's. Oh, isn't that the guy that does a podcast in his mom's garage next to her old broken-down tricycles and a garbage can that smells like a bunch of barf? But I'm fine. Are you fine right now? What's up with you? All right, enough about me, what's up with you? What's plaguing you? Aren't we all united by this relatable misery? Even though it's a beautiful life in many ways, it's a blessed life, feeling fortunate a lot of the time, but aren't we all united by the fact that we all suffer and struggle a little bit here and there? Isn't that why the pharmaceutical sales of all these SSRIs and antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds, because we're just a bunch of animals who are probably not that well-equipped to deal with the fast-paced world and all these stresses at once and then we try to dive in head first and take on too much and all of a sudden you get a little low and you go things are heavy things are heavy yeah because you let them pile up they're literally heavy because you have too many things on your to-do list and that checklist doesn't get whittled down each week so it just stacks up it stacks up it stacks up you say things are getting heavy yeah so what can you do i guess you could breathe let's all take a breath oh Let's take another. That felt good. Actually, there is pure joy in looking into my daughter's faces. I just softened the moment by saying something sincere. But it's true. You could be embroiled in some deep darkness. But if you're a parent, you got some young kids, you look at them, you go, okay, okay. Okay, that that's what matters. Okay, that's where my attention should be. That's why I work so hard in all the other areas so my attention can be there as often as possible. And also, I don't want to make it sound like all oh, these moments are so dramatically wonderful or terrible, awful, like so polarized. There's some aspects of life that are just dull mundane redundant a little boring and that's fine too to just be in that you know a lot of us try to fast forward through the boring oh no this moment feels dull i gotta put on a podcast i gotta text a friend i gotta click like on a post i gotta listen to a song i gotta do i gotta do i I got how many people are even able to be bored anymore there's a lot of i gotta do i gotta do i gotta do we fill our time with too much we fill our time with too much i've heard that the modern day parent doesn't let their kid just chill we fill their day with camps and clinics and lessons and tutors and more classes and more programs and more programs. After swimming we have violin then we're zooming with our pen pals in Venezuela. It's like let the kid just be bored. We're so bad at that the modern day parents makes you miss the latchkey days. by the way, there is a big generational gap from when I was a kid, to what kids are right now. There was a fascinating CBS report. It says teens are maturing at a slower rate than previous generations. Why did I look this up? I was seeking this information because I was at my nephew's bar mitzvah, and to clarify what that means, it's a 13-year-old's becoming a man. And I saw these 13-year-olds and I go, wait, they look like kids, kids. But when I was a little kid, my older sister's bought mitzvah, they look like sex in the city, like adults. They look like women. And was it just to my eyes or was it true that 13-year-olds used to be a little bit more mature or just look more mature? 13-year-olds were getting into some rebellious, mischievous adult-type activities. Well, the truth is teens right now have gradually become less likely to try adult stuff like drinking, having sex, working, even driving cars, dating, just simply going out with a group of friends. So my observation was actually true. The 13 year olds that I was looking up to in the early 90s or becoming myself in the mid 90s were a little bit more advanced, I guess, mature. And this isn't like in a good way, but just, yeah, probably closer to drinking. Or having sex or getting jobs or getting your license and just doing some adult stuff, trying to emulate that. We're 13-year-olds today, youngsters, kiddos. So what's the difference? It's screens. Kids are on the internet more. So they're developing slower. They don't have those basic skills. A lot of college professors have said the same thing. Throughout the years, kids are arriving less prepared, less basic skills. Parents are more kid-centric, more micromanaging their schedules. So kids are being watched a little more, which keeps them young. When kids aren't being watched as much, the latchkey generation, finding playboys and dumpsters at Juvenile Hall, learning how to cook for yourself, discovering cigarettes on your own, there's no watchful eye. Kids of the 80s, It was less watchful, eye, less parents putting you into program after program, clinic after clinic, camp after camp, tutor after violin, practice and then swim. I mean, kids in the 80s were still doing things, but they were absolutely advancing quicker and maturing quicker. So now you do have a lot of teenagers who are not in a rush to get their driver's license. What are they in a rush to do? Sit on a comfy couch, text, click like on posts. Stream through YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. And this is actually changing the culture of teenagers, these screens. I don't know. Does it sound terrible? Does it sound terrible? There's parents who definitely know where their kids are at all times until college. And then once they arrive in college, they're not ready to just totally spread their wings and fly. They probably miss home. Whereas, my God, 100% of my friends were just certain we want to get out. We want to leave our homes. I don't know. I talked to some teens. They're like, I'll go to a JC. And this isn't about the pressure of academics. A lot of kids, of course, want to go to college. But some of them are not in a rush. Like, what are you doing on Friday night? Nothing. Probably just staying home. Snapchatting away. In the CBS report. By the way, a lot of these surveys and polls, who knows how true they are. You know, you can't really survey a whole generation. But it did say teens are not drinking as much. Teens are not having as much sex and teens are not rushing out to get jobs because jobs equal independence and a lot of teens aren't just yearning for the independence like they once were. Does it make sense? I don't know, but visually it was very apparent seeing a bunch of 13-year-olds. When's the last time you saw a bunch of 13-year-olds? Now compare that to a bunch of 13-year-olds in the 80s and 90s. Different, very different. Late bloomers, but also nurtured having their needs met more kids having their needs met by helicopter parents watchful parents who are there to help with homework hopefully i don't know i feel like i'm generalizing quite a bit you read one article you become an expert on something right this garage is scary i don't even know how to think right now i'm hearing a lot of paws on the roof I'm certain I'm just going to walk through a bunch of cobwebs. When I stop recording, I'm just going to walk through a bunch of cobwebs and have a few nightmares in my old twin bed. In my old twin bed. But that's all good. I got to just try to tap into what's at the surface of thoughts. Like the recent stuff. I bet if I record, I used to, you know, try to record once a week. It's been a while. A few weeks ago, I wrote down a bullet point about food trucks very Seinfeld, right? Like how insignificant does that sound right now? I'm in a mold crisis in my bullet point. Oh, how innocent. 3 weeks ago food trucks was my podcast. As in they're kind of overrated, right? It's a good idea. It falls into that category of things that sound like a good a good idea. A good idea and then once you get there, it's overpriced, the lines too long, you don't know where to sit. The cutlery, the plate, it's too flimsy for the big protein they put on there. Tip you feel conflicted. You're like, I don't know. What am I tipping you for? Aren't you just hanging your head out of a tall truck and showing me a screen to tap a percentage that you've already predetermined is the right percentage for a tip? And I don't want to look cheap in front of my family, but I also don't know if I need to tip you because why are kids nuggets and fries now $26? What are food trucks now? Food trucks aren't fun. They just sound fun. Ooh, food trucks. You tell people, ooh, food trucks, and people get excited. And then as you're actually doing food trucks and you're sitting on some curb without the proper cutlery, you need a fork? No, it's snapped off in the chicken. Do you have napkins? No one ever has napkins, right? I guess you could go back to the truck, but you don't know which line to stand in. How many lines are coming out of that truck? Is this where you pick up or order? Do you order here or do you pick up? Oh, where do you ask for napkins? You don't don't ask for napkins because someone's going to glare at you like, hey, back of the line. And then you have to still act like food trucks are fun. Food trucks, not so much. They used to be. It used to be like really cool stories from back in the day. are like, you know, if you go deep into Barrio Logan, there's this one food truck. Don't look at the guy in the eyes, but just say menudo twice. Menudo, menudo. And then walk to the left and... At the back of the truck is when you're gonna get the most incredible, delicious, tasty Mexican food in all of San Diego. You're like, okay, I got a tip on a food truck in Barrio Logan. All right, it's a neighborhood I don't know much about, but you go in there, you're like, oh shit, this is legit and it's cheap and it's affordable, and no one else really knew about it. Now food trucks is just the hipster idea. And this rant is tired because I need to get back to the world of mold. But that food truck episode, that ship has sailed. See, I'm trying to recreate some of my memories of why food trucks are not as fun as I thought they were going to be. But really, I should just get to what's up. What's up What's up is that my wife turned 40, so happy birthday, Shani. However, I planned a big night. And I was wondering, are we about to attain the proper headspace to really enjoy ourselves? Because we know deep down we're fun. We know we could have fun. But when you're embroiled in this, when you're immersed in this, type of stress and chaos where you're just living out of bags and she's at her mother-in-law's i'm at my mom's but i think it's even tougher to be at your mother-in-law's because you're you know where's the cereal and where's the spoons and which towels can we use for this you're just out of your own element you're out of your comfort zone she's doing well but i'm like we still got to celebrate your 40th so i got concert tickets googled a nice restaurant close to the concert venue and as we're coming into Oakland, all I can focus on is the homelessness and the poverty. And it's overwhelming. It's striking me. I probably hadn't been in that area in five years. And the problem's only gotten worse. And I'm wondering, what can politicians do? And I'm wondering, how do we solve systemic racism that has left people out to dry like this? What an ugly problem that seems unsolvable. But it's still, you know, the festivities are coming of a 40th birthday celebration. And we have to step over some sleeping homeless people, unhoused and it's just living up to all of the reputation that you've heard of these rough areas in oakland this is just tense and tense and smells and, poverty and uh, it's just so sad. And we go to this restaurant. And I looked at all their dishes on Instagram. And I got hyped up with Yelp reviews. And the food was tasteless. And the waitstaff was amateur. And I was like, okay, is she still having fun? And she was. That's, how you know, you married someone who's wonderful. She was still having fun. But we both agreed the food wasn't good. It was pricey, tasteless food. And then we crossed the street. And our favorite band, Bahamas, is playing. And I thought maybe they'll get equal time with the headliners, Rodrigo y Gabriela, who I've never heard of. The flamenco metal duo. Have you heard of them? Rodrigo y Gabriela. Gabriella, their music does absolutely nothing for me but i was like we'll be there for bahamas alfie from canada he didn't even bring a band there were no drums the whole night they put them on for 20 minutes we got in there five minutes late we probably saw 15 minutes of our favorite band had a beer and we're like i've never ever been left with that feeling at a concert like give me more i need more what what are we here for and then they bring on the headliners and it's just a lot of guitar it's a lot of talented guitar but after 15 minutes you're like no, no no these should be the openers These are the openers, right? Rodrigo and Gabriela. And the whole crowd seems to be like middle-aged white people. I'm like, what is the demographic? Where are we? Why is this duo so famous? Why are they at the Fox? And I'm having all these complaints and then we step outside for a street hot dog and my wife says, we'll take two with everything on it. And the guy says, 30 bucks. I'm not making that up. My wife steps up to a hot dog cart right outside the Fox Theater in Oakland. She says, two hot dogs. The guy says, 30 bucks. Holy fuck. Fucking inflation. And then we hop back in the Uber and we go home, and the guy gets lost. The Uber just takes the wrong route. And my wife's looking at me. She just knows, on top of everything, the food wasn't that good at the restaurant. Rodrigo y Gabriela, not really my type of music to sit through. We left early. The hot dog was overpriced. The Uber driver got lost. And my wife still says she's having a great 40th. That's pretty meaningful because on the inside, I'm sweating on the inside. On the inside, I'm just out of my mind, pissed. Like, God. I hyped up this night. I put all the pressure on this night to be so damn good. And to me, it really wasn't because I wanted it to be perfect. And that goes back to Buddhism again. Just acceptance, acceptance, accept what this night is. And luckily, I married a woman who had a lot of fun because she realized we don't do stuff like this. We don't go to Oakland. Even if the restaurant's not tasty or the band's not great, this is still great to be out. Got a babysitter. It's great to be out. Get home after 10 p.m. Not too much, like probably 10.30 30. 10:30. We're 10:30. It hit us like 2 a.m. and a hot dog in our stomachs as we go to sleep. That just, oh God, can't eat like that anymore. That's what forties are all about. Can't do that anymore. You just constantly tell your spouse what you can't do anymore. I'll be jumping on a trampoline with the girls. After two minutes, get off. Have the spins collapse. Okay, I, I can't do that anymore. You What can we do anymore? I guess we could sit in a dark garage. An attempt to do a podcast. Ah, this one's not going to be the food truck episode, folks. This is going to be the one where my eyes slowly close and I got to get out of the garage and tuck myself in, brush my teeth, and go through the motions of life. We all have to keep going through the motions of life. This is a big mystery. It is. We don't know what's coming soon. Something's coming soon. Actually, I'm optimistic. I'm not being realistic right now. I'm going to be optimistic that something really good is going to happen to us this summer because that's the yin-yang. That's the balance, the highs and lows, the constant roller coaster. That's how I live. If you're really in a low spot, you go, something good has to happen, right? The laws of, is there any science to that? Well, that's the laws of, give me some famous guy's last name. Well, that's Grayson's law. If you're in a low point, that means something good is going to happen to you. Something good is going to happen. And I don't think I have mold infection in my lungs. Just to answer your next question, maybe I do. Maybe I do. I should try to go on a run and see if I'm just huffing and puffing. Oh, I want to go on runs. Oh, it sounds glorious. I want to lose those three or four pounds around the belly area. I want to de wrinkle this forehead and those crow's feet around the eyes. I want to get a nice bronze tan. Meditate every day. Let's be intentional. Let's end this podcast with some intentions. I want nice luxury vinyl plank flooring by early July to move back in. I want drywall that's not rotted from the inside and painted with a nice eggshell or cream. I want to continue watching Dave with Lil Dicky. I'm so many episodes behind. We're not even watching TV. I'm not even reading books lately. I'm doing nothing for myself. Just doing this podcast right now. This is it. This is like my bachelor party of a moment. Just sitting here with you, the listeners. And if you're listening, God, I love you. Thank you. That's cool of you. You're wasting your time with me. You're getting an update on the Rosenbergs. On old moldy Rosenberg and his latest stresses. But I appreciate you. And if you're feeling it, leave a rating. Leave a review. And if you're not, hey, we did an episode together. And you could go on and. Find another podcast, because there's billions. I just grazed over the fox, didn't I? I didn't really properly give that fox story justice, but I was leaving my house. This is pre-ripped up floors. Leaving my house. I was the last one to leave, you know, turning off the lights, locking the doors, and I just saw a fox jump over the fence. I have pictures, all right? I'm not a liar. I have pictures. And walk right over to my wife's raised beds where she's growing... Anything from tomatoes to cucumbers. Did I already talk about this on a podcast? I feel like I did. Oh, I'm getting old. I can't even remember what I've talked about. But the fox just slowly laid down. Is it lied down? The fox lied down, laid down. Who really knows that? In the world of grammar, this English language has a few that no one really knows. Who and whom? Who and whom is hard. I think I used to know that. But lie, lay, lay down, lie down. Lie down or lay down. I know my mom knows. And she'll correct me. But I don't. So the fox laid down. Yeah, the fox laid down in my wife's raised bed and just started sunbathing. And it was the greatest sight because it took me away from every other thought. Sometimes we need to be jolted into something novel just to forget about everything else. So maybe that podcast did it for you. Maybe you're stressed about some things, but you tuned into this episode and you're like, hey, all right, at least, you know, got to hear about his issues. That'd be a better name for this podcast. Not here we go, but just issues episode 213 of issues you know i'm right about those food trucks though right You're sitting on a curb, no napkins, you're like wiping your mouth with a shirt, something spicy and you don't have a drink because you didn't want to spend the seven bucks on a Fanta. You're like, no, I'll just find a water fountain. There is no water fountain. And if you did, it's probably just going to be a trickle out. You know those water fountains where it trickles out and you put your lips too close to it and you're like, oh no, oh my God, my lips hit it. My lips hit the metal of the trickle out water fountain because it didn't have a good geyser pressured stream and you're just sitting there with your lukewarm water out of a fountain after a food truck it was too spicy you didn't know how to tip and that rant sucks so i'm out of here folks i'm gonna end it right here and i'm gonna say i sincerely love you all because that's the best way to turn a frown upside down show some gratitude express some love and do 20 push-ups or 15. I don't think I could do 20 anymore. I tried doing dips the other day at the playground. Any other parents out there so certain that they'll never work out again? So they've st- started to work out when the kids are at a playground. I'm like doing chin-ups next to the slide. This prison routine that I'm doing. Jumping jacks as I'm pushing the girls in the swings. You're like, I'll try to find fitness wherever I can. But yeah, 20 push-ups? Could I do that? I don't know. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. I'd probably have to take a day off of work. All right, we're done. Au revoir. Aloha. Sayonara. Adios. Shalom. Peace out. This one's in the books. I'll talk to you sooner or later.